Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. I am your host, Honest Abe, and we are broadcasting live from South Florida, episode number 450 of KMA Talk Radio. And as always, I am joined with my trusted cohorts, the Italian scallion himself, the man we call Mr. Shameless, Paul (laughs) DeCrocco. And of course, the man known as the GOAT, Alex Tavella. Good morning. I feel like we haven't been here in like six months, doesn't right? it? I I was saying that this morning. I was like, well, what do I what do I do? I don't remember. Yeah, it's been a while. As if Paul remembers from week to week. Right. I remember the setup. I mean, listen. Alex has done it without me, but I think he'd prefer me to do it so he doesn't have to go crazy trying to find things. I would, I would. I mean, I'm just assuming. What? I mean, no, it's What's the background, Alex? Just a little, uh, oh, yeah. little 76ers, Ben Franklin. My 76ers are on a hot streak and take on the uh, Miami Heat tonight. I'm sure Alan Rubin will be watching. The fake Alan Rubin. The fake Alan Rubin, of course. Who, Why didn't he come to the Great Smoke? Who oddly gets more play than the real Alan Rubin on KMA, and it's a travesty. I mean, it, but it is what it is. I don't know. Why didn't he come to the Great Smoke? Great question, Paul. We should have our listeners go post on his wall and ask him why he didn't come to the Great Smoke. Yeah. What's that about? So our, I, it was our, cool. I got to meet a lot of a lot of uh, KMA fans, and they were like, you know, I didn't recognize them right away by the face, and then when they'd say their name, I'm like, oh my god, you you watch all, every week, like, oh, that's all. You know, it was cool to meet people in person. It's That's a great very, point, William Cooper. That's a great point. It's very difficult when you get to know somebody on social media. Then you try to recognize them in person from an avatar. Yes. Yeah. Like Kevin Acuff. I didn't recognize him, but like I've talked to him on okay. in Messenger Seldom several look times. look at somebody's profile page, so we always know them by the little round avatar. And then when you see him right. live, you're like, oh, shit. Right. So like, our socialite and dear friend Tim asks with TGS 2022 under our belts, how are we going to top that? It's really easy, Tim. It's called the Great Smoke 2023. That's right. It's what we do every year. We were once asked that question about after 2021. And 2020. And 2019, it's the question asked every year. And that's our job, to keep finding ways to top the one year before. Man, that's... It's a task this year, especially. Rick, we are smoking... I guess you can't read the medallion. Uh, there we go. Bam. Hold on. If I if I zoom in on you, you might be able to see it, Abe. Now. There you go. 
Which Miggy. one is it? The Miggy. This is the McAuliffe Magdalia. What one do I have? Which um, has some significance that we'll talk about with our guest when he comes on. I have the Riata. But oh, I'm not Paul had one on here. Look at that. Paul misses not having a lot of Yeah, man. That's like I, a first I do. in a while. Oh, my God. Coffee. Yes. I do. I, I miss I miss having meetings and having a cigar during the show. Um, but you know what's funny? I, I didn't have meetings. one cigar. I do not miss having meetings. I, we tried to I go back. I like going there. We canceled on Paul, us like Paul, three times. In the Paul does, Alex. He likes getting out one of the time. house. He just can't. No, that's, I, that's I don't warden, leave the house. The warden shuts him down often. That's a good point. He's not allowed. <laughs> not not after last night. I I could probably do like another like ten meetings after after the saint I was last night. So, sure. We're, uh, if you want to have a meeting this week, let me know. Oh, you're will available. Be, will it have to be in Disney? Yes, of course it will. No, uh, no, I won't be in Disney. I don't have any future plans for Disney right now. I have a. We're going on a family cruise in April. Is it a Disney cruise? But that's it. No, no, I didn't book it. It was a her mom. Her mom put together a little trip for my wife's birthday. All right, so you, so you have wait, 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 wait. You have no plans for Disney right now, right? Is that what you said? No, there's zero plans for Disney right now. Okay, so here we go, listeners. I'm setting the line at three weeks. You tell us over or under. I'm setting the line. I'm gonna go within three weeks. Under. I'm setting the line at three weeks. What's the over and under? Possible. I mean, under might be a lock because three weeks seems like a long time, but three weeks is the line. <laughs> to have plans or to actually go? No, to go. To go, Paul. You'll have yes. a cousin whose neighbor's sister's brother had a kid together that you have to go meet in Disney. So Coop's taking the under heavy. Stone cold lead pipe lock of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, you were going to say you didn't have one cigar at the Great Smoke, yeah? No, I, I, I couldn't. I mean, I would listen. Welcome, all welcome of our friends, working, and welcome to working a Great Smoke. Yeah, it's I in the past. In the past, I did. In the past, you didn't have a real job. Yeah, I did. I worked the what, booth. Handling that, the dude, money machine, dude. Get the money here. machine was a lot of work. It sucked. I hated it. Get out of here. Because everybody tried to cheat it. I had to stay. I had to be the bad guy. Shocker. I wasn't the fun-loving host. I had to be the bad guy and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. You, you picked that up off the ground after the air turned off, after the timer went off. You can't, you don't win that. So I had to be that guy. Yeah, we had to stop that money machine. Too many people were trying to abuse it. Um, yeah, I haven't had a cigar in a great smoke. And I haven't had, and, and we bring a breakfast in like around 9, 9.30. Yeah. So our you know, our staff can have some breakfast. We get there early. We start about 8.30, 9. And it looked, it looked awesome, by the way. I have there, never a had spread. a morsel of food, breakfast, or during the day for 16 great smokes now. I usually catch wow. the tail end, I've noticed, when like there's very little left in the pan. And I'm like, just give me a shot of something. Let me get something in my stomach. To I think Brandy... I think Brandy maybe once or twice may have stuffed something in my mouth while I was walking by her while she had a plate of food in her hand or something. Right. Have some, I've have never something. really eaten at a great smoke in 16 years. Wait, wait, you, you did, you did split a, a morsel of a. With uh, Steve Hernandez. No, with, with 
her clots last year on set, like uh, a half of a like a kind bar. Literally, but the, yeah, but it's not the great smoke food. No, no, he was yeah. he was he was offering bar. us some of his bar. Yeah, he was, he was telling Kim and I, he's like, I got I plenty of bars bar last year, and I saw him crack it open. I looked at him with puppy dog eyes. He's like, do you want half? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'll take half of that protein bar. It's looking yeah, really it's good like right this. now. <laughs> yeah. I felt I felt like the the cartoons where they're stranded on an island and one looks at the other and sees like a big hot dog. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was starting to get hungry. We don't. I make it a point if I'm doing a, a live event like hosting like that that I don't eat because I'm I like I, it's, I get like the nerves in my head that I'm gonna have to go to the bathroom. So I purposely don't eat anything. Is that weird? Neurotic. You know, I just don't. I do, I can't stop to think about it. You know, it's just there's always so much going on and. What's you know, and I'll be honest with you, for us, it's really not over. I mean, maybe, maybe by the end of next week, we'll have gotten through the post great smoke, um, you know, work. But, um, I've been catching little snippets of it, and that was one of the coolest things about it this year is that we actually get to go back and watch some of it, and I can actually semi like participate in it for the first time. Um, yeah, you know, last year we made history with the digital experience, we made history again this year, as far as I'm concerned, with. Probably, and I, I'm only guessing. Sometimes I say stuff like this, and I end up finding I'm wrong because somebody like in Podunk, Missouri, did it, and I didn't know. But I think this was the first ever mega multi-vendor cigar event that was both simultaneous live and digital, where people could function at home. and And for us here, that's the future of this type of event. Um, it was just amazing to bring people in from all over the country and have 700 people at home you know, participating who couldn't make it down. So uh, this will be the future. And we're, and we were already working. I mean, everybody's seen the logo Mardi Gras Madness this year. We, we have to start doing things. There are certain elements of an event like this that have to be done now, like literally now. Right. You know, what's cool. And, and to Eduardo's point, like even all for all the people that were there live, they can still go home now and watch the virtual and see it completely differently than they saw it. Yeah. 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 Uh, the guys who came live get two events out of it because yeah. a lot of them didn't have a chance to see an interview or or see what Paul and Kim were doing. And by the way, you Paul, you and Kim killed it. I mean, you really did, both you guys. Excellent. She makes Excellent. me look good. I can't wait to you know. But thank you. Our 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 graphic and web team went from a team of five to a team of one right now. So um, really? as soon as we get some people back out of the hospital, we got to start working on making some little clips of uh, the Great Smoke and put it together. Who has experience yeah. in neither graphics or web? Literally, you're looking. You're looking. You're looking, at, <laughs> you're looking you're, at the web and graphics department. You're looking at our whole department right now. Literally, everybody's either hospitalized, been hit by a truck, deathly ill. It's crazy. It's insane. And that's one of the things that people didn't realize going into this. We were two key men, short, and then three the last week. The last guy got hit by a, a Comcast truck the Monday before the Great Smoke. So we were like three people. What? Yeah, oh, yeah. Rivers got hit by a Comcast. I truck. didn't. Oh my god! I had no idea. Yeah. I was wondering where he was. Oh yeah. my god, that's terrible. Yeah, I mean, we were we were three men short. So, and and you know, the the live side we can handle fine. It's labor. It's me. It's a team. But you know, the the video side and and the graphics and you know all that kind of stuff. Man, we had nobody to work on that. So it's it and it's very really labor crazy. intensive too. So, so Abe, so I had a little stomach bug on Thursday. I had to call out. I was sick all day. D did you shit yourself a little bit? <laughs> like the last man. Yeah, and Alex was out Thursday. 
got, got some kind of food poisoning. We had nobody. I I walked into our back area where normally there's a team of five people working. There's nobody there. Empty. Nobody there. But it is what oh, it is. God. You got to figure out a way to make it work. For those of you who either haven't had a chance to watch any of it, because one of the things we do epic productions like this, I mean, look, the people who bought tickets and participated virtually got some epic, epic stuff. Probably one of the coolest swag packs, you know, party packs ever in the history of the Great Smoke. And they were able to access a lot of special deals. But when we put work like this, we broadcast it to everybody because it's a lot of work. And we want the world to see this kind of uh, event and production and maybe hopefully say that's something you want to participate in next year. So um, if you didn't get a chance to come down or participate or even just, just simply watch it live on YouTube, um, we have a little uh, highlight uh, video from the event. You want to run that, Paul? Sure. If you were ready. I should have known that that's... I should have known well, that's how much more... Here. someone who's been doing this now for 16 years when i watch clips like that i feel like i'm watching someone else's event you said that yesterday when you first saw it i really do yeah, man. it's a genuine it, statement you said that yesterday it's so it has become so epic from our very first one of like 300 people in our courtyard man it's just so hard to believe that that's what that event's become and where it's going to go from here is is only i think just going to be even more epic um the nice part is that we have an extra 35,000 square feet we can grow into. So we're good for oh, a man. long time at the South Florida fairgrounds. And speaking of. Let me tell you the coolest part, though. Yeah. The coolest part was I, I had watched, like, after Kim and I did our first live segments. And Paul I just killed the intro. On YouTube. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You, you you're killed your intro. We got to go back. I just it. wanted to. I just wanted to say that, like, the roving cameras in the air were the coolest part because they were Listen, doing like, man. going to us live and they were flying in, seeing us on the floor, talking on the mic and hearing us. And then all of a sudden to the live shot, like the wide shot of us, it was so cool. 
the, the the guy with the drone was ballsy, man. Uh, there's, I feel like there was a lot of bullets to dodge. Were, to were you were you there? I didn't see his drone, but we you know, we have a drone. We use it for the Great Smoke outdoors for a while. Were you there when we tried to drone inside our warehouse? I wasn't there, but I was with Brian, who was a nervous man. I, I mean, that is, guy's got some skill in itself. Skill because flying a drone indoors because. Especially if you're inside a building, sometimes if they're GPS controlled, they can't connect to the satellite. Doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't fly as well as they do outside. So kudos to him. Good stuff. But speaking of the great smoke, um, Evan Darnell, who hosted now uh the the, the third dinner ever for the Great Smoke, uh Red Meat Lovers Club. I think we got him on. Let's bring him in. Let's see what his experience was like. There he is, the man himself. What's going on? It's, it's good to be here. I um it's funny you say that, Abe, about not eating. I uh, I don't eat at my events, and people don't believe me. But to me, like eating at events is like my job is try to make sure that everyone has a great time. It's not to partake in the event. I get happiness, more happiness from seeing other people have a good time than trying to like sit down and have a moment, like. No, he feeds everybody else. I, I've been at events with Evan where he's literally put like a burger in my hand. He's been like, right. here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, what, I, I, I didn't get a chance. I had a couple pieces of the sexy bacon that happened to walk by when I saw like right. three pumps left in them. That's all I got to consume that night. Yeah. I, uh, well, I'm already looking forward to next year. I, uh, the next year's theme, I think, was created in my life for this one moment because I went to school in New Orleans. I I love everything about Mardi Gras and New Orleans, and it's going to – I can't wait to see what you do with it. It's going it, to be a, a really special, special one. Uh, it's going to be over the top. I, I already have some crazy ideas. Did yeah. you um, Did you Have you ever done a Red Meat Lovers Club dinner for that many people? Not sit down. No way. Um, it was, we didn't know what to expect um, in terms of like quantities, because when we're normally doing our events, it's been the, it's, you know, our formula is around 100, 110 people, but it was twice the amount of people. And it was, uh, I wouldn't, it was nice to see that many people in a room and but yeah, it was definitely um, a new experience for us in terms of size. Yeah, it was pretty sick looking at the table. Just when they set it up before even people sat down, just seeing how long it was. I really couldn't even see clearly down at the other end. 200-person dinner logistically at one table. I think we're going to do we're going to switch that up next year. But it's definitely an interesting because like when you're dropping all these plates of food and the vision that we had, which was family style, you know, which is essentially, I would say, the entire theme of your company is like, you know, socialites or family. Um, it, right. it, it created a it created a unique uh, challenge. It was, you know, at the end of the night, like you looking at your great smoke with the size of it, you know, doing a 200 person, one table dinner is unique. You don't have that opportunity in the restaurant business pretty much ever. So my, my, no, and my wife, my, my wife that worked at, you know, at a pretty big prestigious hotel we've talked about, she, she's like, so wait, 200 people. I was like, yeah, and it's one long table. And she goes, no, it can't be. 
it can't be one long table. And when we walked in, she was like, holy shit. <laughs> it was the size of a football field. It really was. It was. Uh, yeah. I mean, just the for the servers to make it from the kitchen, which was completely on the opposite end of the opposite table. I mean, it, it was a football field. It was like 100 yards of of eating and um, and smoking. And we had some really special moments. We raised uh, $5,000 at the dinner. Um, which is sort of our signature now is, you know, we combine philanthropy with eating and smoking and getting to know each other. And uh, it was it was a pretty cool opportunity to to raise. That was the most amount of money we've ever raised at one of our dinners with the Great Smoke. And uh, it was a, it was it was cool to see. It really I'm was. I'm trying to. Well, maybe I gave it to already. The check just came in the mail. to show everybody when he says he's raised five thousand dollars for the Kids Cancer Foundation. He's not kidding. It just came. That's in. awesome. Yep. Yeah, we've raised. Uh, I don't know. I think I've told you this, Abe, but we're over seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars raised in four years, which is not really what we intended to do. The club evolves. You know, the cigar obviously put us on the map, but um, beyond that, the dinners are getting really dynamic in terms of the philanthropy so we've been we've been asked to do things that we never thought we'd be asked to do like go to very close to philadelphia and take over uh battle battleship new jersey which is the world's largest battleship uh 15 minutes from uh philadelphia in camden new jersey so on june 16th we are doing battleshipbeef.com, which is wow. which is pretty cool. Um, I can't wait. I'm going to hopefully draw from Philadelphia. I'll drop Alex's name throughout all the cigar shops in the in the. Bet you can throw it out of a couple places. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you better watch out. You'll be good in the twin shop, though. It's a, a... twin shop is home. <laughs> Anthony um, loves them. The beef stick turned out to be amazing. Um, yes, it did. You know, it, it was telling the well, story about how, you know, how that came to be, which they think it's a joke, but it's not. It's I, not. I listen. I I remember seeing the text, the ignored text that came I literally, to I, I, Alex walked to the office. And I probably literally said, look at this shit. The yeah. next thing I know, Steve is making it. But uh, I think we should might as well announce it now. Um, the beef stick, the, the, the red meat lovers beef stick by Dunbarton Tobacco Trust will be the red meat lovers release this november so this is hey. now, yeah. this is now the third variant from the original round the meat box pressed went on to the round was for two years meat box pressed was for two years and now in year number five it will be the beef sticks hopefully by the end of this month or the end of uh, beginning of april as soon as we find out if we have staff coming back and alex can put it together we will once again take pre-orders so no one misses out. I think it worked out awesome other than a few email glitches. Um, it worked out awesome. There was nobody cried who they couldn't get them. Even people who found out later, we had some extra. So it really helped us get the production number. It'll be the same thing. It'll be a minimal deposit to secure your thing. And then you will have it automatically notified when you log into smoking.com, the notification center. And you can pay your balance when they get here, and we will ship them to you. So, um, the official- I did it, and it was super convenient. Like I, you know, I buy 
the cigars like everybody else. And it was it was awesome. I actually really enjoyed it. And it was a nice surprise when they actually came. I mean, it just makes it easy because for us to guess, we never guess right because it keeps right. growing every year. So hard, and we right. keep underproducing. So why why short the people? And if we have a few extra, we don't mind. I still got, I think, 10 or 15 left somewhere. So it, it never hurt. So this this method of pre-ordering and, and, and securing your lot just worked out great. Um, I don't think I don't think you could do it with a new release because people don't know what it is. But now after five years, everybody knows this blend. They love this blend. Um, it's built a strong national following, and um, you know it's going to work for Red Meat Lovers Club. And maybe as we bring back some of our other big micro blend series or some stuff like that, this is a formula that we could follow in the future yeah. by doing pre-orders. It, it just makes it. You'll easier. be sending a lot of those to to Alaska, by the way. Yeah, um, you, Michelle's you, already. You just don't disappoint anybody. Well, in typical fashion of every great smoke, we have about a team gathering. It took us what, Alex? About two hours, two and a half hours. We go over all points of contention and how oh, we yeah. do. What, what do we come up with? Like eighty-nine points. Eighty-nine points of improvement for next year. And um, Evan and I had a talk early wow. this week. We had two meetings scheduled this week, but we're a little behind, so we're meeting next week. But one of the things, you know, Evan had a challenge this year of not only two hundred people, but trying to theme it, and um, you know. I heard the food that he made was fantastic, but we both kind of came, were on the same page. It's like the Red Meat Lovers Club can't stray from what it's about, red meat. So right. we talked about moving forward that as we do these steamed great smokes, which I think everybody's been loving and it's been working out great, um, we're going to have app stations to handle the theme, but we're going to yeah. go back to mounds of red meat for dinner. I think well, I, that, that's the key element of the Red Meat Lovers Club. I agree with you. And What's going to be really fun next year, and I had you have your meeting, and I had my meeting already with um, with our potions and motion catering partner. But we're going to try to drop big steaks in front of everyone this year. So not next only year. Not, next year, um, so not only would that eliminate the lines during uh, entree, but everyone's going to have just a big, beautiful piece of beef in front of them at entree. So. You don't have to get up out of your seat to grab your entrees. And then we're going to do some amazing Louisiana Mardi Gras theme to to surround the plate, if you will. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be pretty unique. It's going to be a, a unique one. I'm, well, I'm looking forward to it. We got I can't wait for beignets. We got just under a year to plan it all out, buddy. Exactly. And then I. I don't know. This is uh, not a lot of people have seen these, but they are the uh, these are the official uh, event okay. event cigars, and I've been bringing them, especially with making sure that all socialites get them. It's been uh, people have been loving that size as well. Uh, it smokes a little bit different, it, even though it's essentially very similar to the meat box press. It's it's a little bit shorter, um, and uh, it just burns a little bit different. So people have been enjoying that as much as any of the other cigars that I've heard. So that's awesome. Those are and and as you see me um, at different events that we're doing, we have some big ones coming up. Um, we're bringing event only cigars to uh, Tampa March thirtieth um, with. Um, our friends that were doing an event up in Tampa, rmlcattle.com. Every person at the event is going to get uh, an event-only cigar. So 
And they can keep up with your events at uh, RML. RMLclub.com. That's our right. website. But, um, I, you know, maybe it shows my age, but I put a lot of a lot of my energy into our private Facebook group, Red Meat Lovers Club. And it's, um, it's just the best way for me to translate the amount of events. I think that, like the Great Smoke, the Red Meat Lovers Club has also obviously grown. So now that we're doing an event almost every week, every two weeks throughout the, throughout the country, throughout the year, um, it's, a, it's the best way to keep up with all the, all the crazy that I'm, I'm doing. I have an event even on Wednesday. Our first event was St. Jude's Children's Hospital. That's at um, rmlchops.com. It's going to be, a, it's gonna be a, a special, special one that, uh, that we're going to do. Evan, thank you for joining us this morning, buddy. You're welcome. See you. Thank you. Appreciate we'll it. We'll catch up next thank week. Thank you, Evan. Go right, check out the Red Meat Lovers Club on Facebook. And if you're not a socialite member and don't know what he was talking about, check out Smoke in Social on Facebook. It's a private group. A lot of good stuff happens in that group. A lot of great people. So, yeah. Thanks, uh, Evan. Be good, Evan. I'll see you in Camden. All right. We've had a very special guest waiting in the wings who probably got inundated with listening to all that great smoke talk. Now it's time to get him on. Let's see who, uh, let's go ready for our Meet Your Maker segment. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. Hey, 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 look at him. Hey, guys, how is everybody today? Good morning, sir. Uh, it's a beautiful morning here. Well, Dan, not to beat up the Great Smoke, but, you know, I, I literally talk to one of the key things for us is we talk to, you know, all the vendors, um, even the people selling wares. I mean, Vissol was there for the first time. I talked to Gorang last night on the drive home. Um <laughs> But especially for me, it's uh, the cigar companies who are actually there for the first time. It's a big event to come into the first time, not knowing what to expect. And uh, we really haven't had a chance to chat. So I, I'd love to hear your, your honest feedback about your your first Great Smoke experience. So we'll just do it live in front of everybody, right? Absolutely. <laughs> hey, we had a great time. You know, Abe, your team took incredible care of us. We didn't know how the logistics would work. And it turns out your team handles the business side and the operations better than any event I've ever been to anywhere. And that, that I've been to a lot of events. So we're grateful for that. But the, the thing that we loved was the guests who were, who were virtual and there spending time with us talking about our cigars. We were blown away. It was just a, it was a beautiful event. I didn't get to see any of the show. So I've been watching the video and it looks like it was a great show, but for us, just spending time putting the cough cigars in people's hands. It was amazing. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, I mean, especially coming from a, a very um, logistic-driven company like <laughs> yours, getting feedback from you is, is is something that was really important for, for us to hear, and I'm sure we'll talk more next week. Um, but, yeah, it was great. It was great to see a lot of you – know, I've said it before. I'm not sure everybody knows this, but in the 16 years of doing this event – this was the first time ever we limited every company to only one booth. 
you know, a lot of the bigger companies will take two booths and feature two sure. different brands because they have a huge portfolio. But with all our new partners and wonderful companies that we've taken on working with in the last year and with the opening of the warehouse, there just wasn't room to have a lot of companies take two. So it was the first time that we had one booth per company, which made a lot of room for newer companies like you guys and Cavalier and HVC and LRT. There's a lot of new first time companies this year. It's very cool to see. Well, I know that all of the companies that were new that I talked to, we thought it was just a great special event. And we appreciate all the hard work by your team to make it easy for us. That's what we try to do. That's what we try. It doesn't always work out that way, but that's what we try right. to do. <laughs> it was cool. I, I went over to the McAuliffe booth and, and got to meet uh, Al and Dan in person after we've spoken to them so many times. And uh, it, it was it was cool. It's again, like one of those like weird experiences like that's Dan, right? Like I, I've seen him, but it, I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure that's Dan. <laughs> but even even Dan's and I spoke to Dan a lot leading up to the event, even a, a lot of his questions um, as a first timer, you know, helped me because it's kind of stuff that we take for granted because for, for the most part most of the vendors there have been there for multiple years and and we kind of take simple questions for granted that you know most guys seem to know already but to the new person coming in you know they have no idea what to expect what to bring what not to bring how to operate so uh, it gave us good feedback too and you know how to incorporate new vendors in the future as well well when you said everything was going to be in our booth and ready before the event we were a little nervous. <laughs> I mean, because there can be so many things that can just not work out. But your team took care of everything. It was perfect. Listen, that you know, you haven't had the, the pleasure of seeing the chaos in years past. You mm -hmm. know, most of the manufacturers would bring cigars with them, lug them in. Then they would show up late. <laughs> then they were trying to haul these boxes to four, five, six hundred people already waiting outside because they got there too late. And we closed off the vendor entry. And... It's just been chaos every year. So, you know, especially with the warehouse now, you know, one of the things we decide to do is, look, send us your cigars early. We want you to drive up, park, and walk to your booth like a rock star. All your stuff will be waiting for you there, labeled swag giveaway, labeled product giveaway. And, you know, it's, it's things like that that make the flow a lot easier. Imagine 40 companies trying to lug product in at one time. It's, it's just, it's chaos. But even when we do stuff like that, there were, there were a multitude this year, a multitude of companies that did not get us their cigars on time, had to get us partial shipments so we can get all the virtual packages out. And then we even said between when we start shipping virtual packages and the great smoke, if you mail us the rest, we will have it at your booth. A lot of them didn't have them in the mail. They actually half a dozen, so we're bringing them with them that morning. You know, Abe. Yeah, the, I saw guys bringing them in. It's crazy. Yeah, and we, we needed to come in and pack our, our new McAuliffe shot glasses in a bag. And everything was there perfect. So we were able to stop in, knock it out in just a minute. I mean, it was a, a manufacturer platinum experience. Thank you. And I, I didn't even get a chance to see Al. I, I, I saw you at one point, I think. like <laughs> But it's nuts because for me, it was the first time I literally had to pay attention to two things at once. I had a whole show going on in my ear. And people are trying to talk to me and, re and realize I can't hear anything coming from, from this side of my, yeah, my body. Of and, you know, I'm trying to interact with people. And then there's times where I'm telling them, um, they're yelling at me. I got 30 seconds to be up on stage. They're like, just, just one second. Just, I, I got to be up on stage. And it was nuts. So 
I really didn't even get to see any of the manufacturers, barely anybody, unless I, I got them on stage or stuff. I was literally asking my crew, were they here? Were they here? Did they show up? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, holy cow. Well, and the thing that a lot of people don't realize is that, Abe, I don't know if you had a, had a second earpiece, but we all had earpieces in, obviously, and, and the director was, you know, telling us on the fly, like, uh, we need you over here now. We need you over here now. So, I, I you know, there, I had like a 20-minute a break to, like, chat with some people and go around and see some of our friends. And in the middle of it, they're like, hey, Paul, we need you over in the VIP section now. And I'm all the way in the pit, you know, a, a walk. I'm like, I got to go. I got to go. So, like, throughout the whole thing, I can't imagine what Abe because Abe has that, plus he has staff things going on as well. So he's got everybody reaching in? out to him. No, I had one. I don't know if he, he had, had two. He had the director earpiece in. Okay. Okay. So yeah, he didn't I, have like a radio one. with everybody else. I, I was able, okay. I, you, you, none of you could hear me. I couldn't talk to any of you, but I was able to, Marty could talk to me and I could hear the whole show going on. And it's funny because I'm, I'm listening to the show as I'm working and running around and I'm laughing because some of the segments or what I'm hearing was funny, you know? It was really funny because I think at one point you stopped at the pit and you, you I, no, you didn't stop at the pit. You stopped at the swag booth. You were talking to Labby and Labby said something that was the wrong price or something. And I'm like, and everybody around me didn't know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm reacting to the, I'm listening into the show, but um, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. So, Dan, it's enough uh, great smoke chatter now for 40 minutes. We're still excited about it. It's still like <laughs> a lot of, well, Honestly, for me, it didn't end until Thursday night or Thursday morning. You know, we still had Gary Brooks from Michigan who was in town. I took him and his lovely wife. Right. That was your last, yeah. Out to dinner. And they came by in the morning. I hung out with them, had a cappuccino. And that, that's like when it ended for me, like the last. Though though Seth Rosen is in town for a while, though. I is he? Is he still around? I haven't seen him. He, he must be making a around. I know. I felt bad. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to Gary. I was literally in the middle of my my chess coach when you guys were leaving out. <laughs> chess coach. Very, very important. Literally, meeting. I was in the middle of a session when they were leaving. That's funny. Hey, um, hey, I know that your team did a lot of work after the show, uh, debriefing on it. And so did we at McAuliffe Cigars. And uh, I want you to know that if we're invited back, we have already altered our production schedule because we're going to bring something special for all the guests. Ooh, that's what I like to hear. That's that's the that's the surefire way to get invited back. I mean, if we're invited yeah, back, yeah, exactly. You're in having the conversation right now in front of everybody. If we're invited back, we have a cigar that's going to be released next July. It's very important to us, but we're going to bring a special preview edition for all the guests. You know, I, I, look, and that's one of the things we're going to evaluate now is as we as, as space is getting optimal and logistics are getting harder, we can't be chasing stuff down and. And our team talked about it and, and what like stuff that you said there. We really want to invite back the people that really want to put the effort into making it a special event. You know, just sending a, a sales rep to stand behind a booth and have cigars and just show up doesn't, you know, there's no participation trophies in this event. You well, know, and we want it so that all the virtual guests and physical guests can have a special, special experience with McAuliffe cigars as part of TGS. Yeah. So, Normally, I mean, their this, whole their whole executive team was there at McAuliffe. Al was there. Dan was there. Amanda was there. Like I saw it on I the video. The whole I didn't crew. See them personally. I saw them on the video. I saw them in a couple of the videos, and and and, and, and uh, I think somebody actually interviewed Al or asked. Uh, one, I think it was Joe Mary's interview. Um, we actually oh, oh, a different talked to Al. Yeah, there was a lot of videos put out there, but um, yeah, one of the things we're going to look at is those people who really want to work the event and and really participate to try to make it something special. I mean, look. 
and, and this is the way I feel. You know, there were some principals who didn't show up who were supposed to or didn't come. When you got people coming in from Israel, Alaska, mm-hmm. Hawaii, you know, you know, it's not a 30-minute hour, two-hour drive, man. And we want the companies that are going to come with that kind of knowledge that, you know, let's make this special, as special as it should be. You know I mean? They're, they're, nobody's throwing cigars. I mean, maybe Hawaii, but no one's, I know no one's throwing cigars in Alaska. You know? Right. And when you got people, and what's funny is it wasn't just a pause. There was another Alaska in there. This is a great story. Great story. Great story, and I got to share this because it really is an epic story. I, I, I've been meaning to post it, and I haven't had a chance because I took a picture. Um, so the pausers, big show slides, they're like, you know, Hall of Fame of Smoke and Social. And, um, <laughs> and, and longtime fans and customers, they've been down here now many times. Um, they're from Juneau, Alaska, and they're at the Great Smoke, and they're at the dinner, and someone at the dinner says to them, oh, there's somebody else from Juneau here. <laughs> how could there be somebody else from you know here and they're like no they're, they're they're here they go to meet this person and it ends up being a dentist they know who worked on michelle's kids mouths as a dentist right what same oh, yeah. both cigar smokers both in the same town and both didn't even know they were coming to the event and, 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 and oh my and, you know, god it's insane that's like incredible. that is funny so yeah, man. You know, we have to. We really have to go out of our way to make this an extraordinary event, man. These people are coming from far and near, and far, and it's only. I think it's only going to be worse next year. I mean, not worse, better, but more people to accommodate next year. So yeah, Dan, you you are invited. But all right, we're invited. You are without we're, a doubt invited. You're in. Already, we want production to be able to do this for you guys. It's going to be an interview process this year. Our normal process has been we just send out a, you know, a bunch of invitations, and the first forty who turn them in come. But it's not. It's going to be an interview process. I need to make sure that those who are want to participate are really going to put the effort in. We're, yeah. we're serious about it, and we are we are moving production to be able to meet something in February that won't be ready till July for the rest of it, people. Now, Dan, one of the things That's that exciting. made one of the things that made us reach out to you as a company is I was very impressed in the thought and how your company not only just ran its business, but how you interacted with your team, um, uh, not just your team, your, your consumer base, very sure. different than a lot of companies. And that's what kind of attracted me to you. You know, I, I your, your press release that you had put out last year at one point kind of first drew my attention and started watching what was going on. And, you know, I just, it's, these are people we really got to get to know and meet. But you're an interesting fella. You know, um, you started your career in a small company that some people may have heard of. It's, it's called Microsoft. Um, <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about that for a lot of our fans who may not know the background story? Yeah, you know, I, I'm incredibly blessed. I, I've had a bit of a amazingly uh, wonderful life. I actually have a chemistry degree. That's what I studied in college. And uh, the first pivot was I I left college uh, one semester short to go to work for Microsoft. And uh, as you can imagine, my parents were like, you're insane. Microsoft sounds great, but why are you dropping out of college? I did finish it uh, and get that chemistry degree. But at Microsoft, I I was very fortunate. It was a time the company was growing. I spent 20 years there. Um, I, I got to work through the marketing and engineering and I really loved the focus that we were able to put on customers. I had people in 27 different countries around the world. So it was it was a 20-year working with some of the 
best people in the industry solving. I was always on the commercial side, so I was always solving big business problems or startup problems. We wanted to help people be successful in their business. And that, that's what we did at Microsoft. And it was an incredible run. And after 20 years, um, at the end of my career, my father uh, was sick with cancer. So I, I took a small position so I could spend time with the family. And uh, after he passed, I, I took a little time and I decided to retire from Microsoft. And I wanted to move into family businesses. So that, that's how I ended up working with Al McCall. Wow. When you were all those years when you were with Microsoft, was there were you conscious of the Microsoft Apple rivalry? Because we talked about this yesterday. Like we noticed you own an iPhone. Of course. <laughs> so you know, I guess if there was a rivalry, it's put to bed at this point. You know, um, it, it's very similar to the cigar industry. Companies compete and collaborate at the same time. And Microsoft and Apple, you know, the reason Apple didn't go bankrupt is Microsoft made an investment in them at the most critical point in the yep. Apple history. Bill Gates um, bailed them out. That's right. And when the iPhone was being released, I, I was able to lead a team that helped build the iCloud for Apple. Wow. And so it actually ran on, on Microsoft and Amazon Web Services. So this sense of collaborating, competing simultaneously has always been part of part of our nature, but we want to focus on that end customer. Whether I was in high tech or we were at McAuliffe Cigars, we want to make the most important person in the world is a person who works at their job, takes their hard-earned money, and spends it on your product. And I learned that at Microsoft and really uh, sharpened those skills, and I'm excited to be doing it in the cigar industry with a product that I love and family-owned businesses that I love. Were you into cigars before? Oh yeah. So you had been you've been a cigar fan prior. I, I I probably started smoking when I was fifteen or sixteen as we were out hunting and fishing. Wow. Uh, with our dads. Oh, wow. And uh, I grew up. Uh, our best family friends actually owned a tobacco distributorship in West Texas. So tobacco has always been part of our lives. Even when I was a little kid, I was putting tax stamps on cigarettes, and then we could swim in the pool. So uh, wow. tobacco has always been part of our lives. Um, and just all of our best memories and most difficult times, uh, a cigar's been involved. You remember what you were smoking back then when you were hunting and fishing? Yeah, I, I, I believe it was Hoya de Nicaragua. Oh, wow. Um, you know, there, there were the general cigars, which I didn't care for more. And it's funny that I, I migrated to Nicaraguan tobacco with no plan. And then now we have a factory in Escali and, and build Nicaraguan cigars. So it, it's been quite a journey um, along that path. I, I was a very large Davidoff consumer for a long time. Avo and Davidoff were my two favorites. When you went to work for McAuliffe Family, did you yes, start out in the cigar side or were you? <laughs> I, I did. Um, Mr. McAuliffe or Al McAuliffe, you know, and it's great having somebody in your life that can mentor you in business. I was retired and, and Al and I saw each other every day and we were having some challenges in McAuliffe Cigars. I was on, on Al's external board and I told Al, I said, you know, Al, I'm, I've got another company that I'm starting up, but why don't I just come out twice a week and see if we can't uh, improve the focus of McAuliffe Cigars, 
you know, get, get better retail friendly. You know, we just had problems. We were, we were one, two year old company. And we didn't have our focus down. And so for six months, I worked with Al reshaping the strategy of the company, reshaping the team. We've always had great products, but we didn't have the tobacco investments that we needed to grow like we're growing today. We didn't have the sales team that we needed today. We didn't have the marketing. And so over a six month period, Al and I were talking. Um, Al's other business is JMAX Silicone, the large fabrication company. And Al and I just kind of shook our hands and said, hey, why don't I run both of those companies for him? And so this, the cigars are by far the fun part of what we do. But we also have a very important company, uh, the JMAX Silicone, where when COVID hit, we're the ones who built all the gaskets that were on the freezers for the COVID vaccines. So it's a it's an interesting life being able to work in, you know, very classic manufacturing uh, in the silicone world, and then manufacturing and sales in the cigar world. You know, you said and something. The, and go ahead, Paulie. Oh, go ahead. You no, I was going to say when Al was on, he basically told us that they they kind of revolutionized silicone manufacturing as well because the the, the process was a, a lot more difficult. Correct, Dan? Like they, Al McAuliffe is just quintessential entrepreneur you know anything he touches he tends to turn into a business most of them work some of them don't but in the silicone that's been the heart of what he's done since he was since he was like 20 or 21 um and they have they they have you know a wall of patents they've innovated the process and again it's about being customer friendly you know how do you take this product called silicone that lasts for five thousand years once you mold it and turn it into products that are useful for people and uh, Al, Al drove the industry for 20, 30, 40 years. Now, you said something during that segment, and um, I, I think it's something most people don't realize. It's a completely different formula to make a good cigar and then to plan on keeping making a good cigar over a period <laughs> of years. And I think a lot of people get in the in industry, I think a lot of people get in this industry new, don't realize that until it's too late. It's and this is why, as a company, I've always, you know, it's a lot easier for me to do our micro blend series, sure. right? Pick a batch, find a blend, find the right tobacco, have somebody make me something awesome that I do one run of. I don't have to worry about it because worrying about long term production of something like that is a completely different animal. And you mentioned that, you know, when you were talking, I don't think people realize that. I think a lot of companies, when they get in, they learn the hard way. Because they'll get their opening run, the cigar is great, and then all of a sudden they realize, oh, we don't have we don't have materials to make more. Wait, wait, you got to wait time to make more, or this material is not available, or production style changes. It becomes uh, you know something you really got to stay on top of. You know, and a we we decided that if we were going to enter the cigar industry, we wanted to be able to manufacture for ourselves. That's a that's a lot of difference than if you're a brand owner. You know, and both are very good strategies, and people make great products both ways. But, you know, initially we underestimated the amount of tobacco that we would need to invest in, you know. And so when we started as a company, you know, we've always had good products, but the scale wasn't very big. And what we've done the last three years since I've been here is we've built that significant tobacco inventory so that we're able to build the products that we want consistently year over year, just like you're saying. And uh, the other thing a lot of people don't realize is consumers is the supply chain logistics for your bands, your wrappers, your UPC codes, your boxes, your hinges. I go, that's a real challenge. And I'm really fortunate that I've, I've got a leader named Alan Davis who runs the uh, 
the cigar manufacturing company for me. And he had worked for Al for 35 years in China and all over the world. So we understand the manufacturing process. And we're blessed to have the Gomez Sanchez family who have the tobacco expertise to, to craft these products that we have today. I just got a text. No, that's not a lamp. That's, that's a, uh, I guess, a mock-up of the little Abe. Someone asked it's him, a little Abe that puppet. That's not that, a lamp. That's Texas Abe. That's Texas Abe. Yes. There it is. You know, I didn't have a coin when we started. And so we had to make our own. And Michelle Pauzer conspired with me and, and got me a picture. And so, yes, we've got Texas Abe right here. <laughs> I just got a, a text uh, from one of our... Um, you know, fans and actually, not just friend, but actually, I almost consider him part of the smoking team. Um, Kevin Sheehan, uh, at Jamac, you actually make the silicone gasket that seals the canopy on the F-35 Joint Strike Fighter. Is that true? Hell yeah, it is true. Wow. We love those fighters. That's pretty cool. Sound of freedom, that F-35 fighter. Thank God we have it and we live in a country where we can build things like that. So your silicone is what seals the canopy on that fighter plane. What ensures the safety of the pilot is they're wow. flying their missions. You, That's pretty awesome. That is incredible. <laughs> I mean, I just had to share that. Um, Thank you. Did, did, did you ever get to fly in one? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> I've got motion sick swerveling in my chair. <laughs> I, I just thought maybe you'd have to, you know, do a quality control check and check the seal, you know. At, hey, at hey, 30, I want 30, to know, at 30,000 feet. Those, those F-35s aren't built for guys like us. No, they're not. <laughs> Shit. A yellow cab is not built for guys like us. <laughs> exactly. Paul, Alex, you're muted. Alex, you're no? muted. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to say, Dan, for, for those of our listeners that haven't heard the story, can you share how you guys came to uh, work with the Gomez Sanchez family? Because it's actually a pretty cool story. Yeah, it's very typical of Al's life. He's always looking for opportunities. And Gomez Sanchez's family was traveling across America. And, you know, they're a great example of they had to leave Cuba. They were in growing tobacco and rolling tobacco in Cuba. They were traveling across the U.S. They'd never been able to really capitalize a company. And they had car troubles. And they came into the to the shop that we frequent in Fort Worth, Texas. And they asked if they could roll cigars so they could get money put together. And Al and I were there that day. We were having fun and uh, it was interesting to us. And Al said, hey, what would it take to make a set of cigars for me? And so we got to talking. Now it goes, well, why don't you guys go eat over at my restaurant, Riata? I, I put them up at the Fort Worth Club so they'd have a place to stay. And this conversation began. And the cigar that they originally created for Al is our McAuliffe Reserva. And it's just been an amazing journey. And, and the Gomez Sanchez family, you know, what they know how to do is how to process tobacco and how to blend and roll it. And so for us to be able to come in and handle all the other aspects of the business, it's, it's just a great partnership between two great families. That's pretty cool. When we had Al on, when we had Al on, I had realized, you know, I go to I go to Texas a couple, well, not these days, but a couple times a year, usually for for work. 
Just and, build a Disney uh, World clients, or Disneyland there. He'll be there every other well, month. Wait, so I, I, I stayed in the stockyards a couple of times in the hotel right there. And I've been to Riata. And I didn't realize that the United States Concealed Carry Association, Delta Defense, is one of my clients. And they, I guess when they do their, their trade they shows there, they time. love Al's Restaurant. Yeah. yeah so we, I've eaten there. I've eaten there twice now. And I, I didn't even realize. And when we had Al on, I made the connection. I was like, oh, I've actually been there. I know right where it is. And it's, know, a, it's, it's funny, we're, we're manufacturing people in the restaurant. It's running like a manufacturing rep, uh, manufacturing operation, the mashed potatoes, there is a known temperature. And if it varies by a couple degrees, they can't stay ready. You know, that kind of process controls applied in the restaurant, just like it is in all of our other operations. I love that. You would love it there, Abe. It's like kind of like an old school steak. I don't know. I, it it was an awesome it was an awesome experience. It's a four story there. steakhouse, um, and then we've got patios on the top, and it's beautiful because it yeah. looks out over downtown Fort Worth. But it's that kind yeah. of detail that always makes the difference, you know. I mean, everybody raves about our cappuccinos, but I ask Alex, I'll go ballistic if the foamer's <laughs> not working right. You know, if you don't have foam and the right foam, then you're not, not right. drinking a cappuccino. You're drinking a latte, right? No, it's not right. the same drink. You get the sugar, the sugar stick test. Is, yeah. Is cute. It you won't know, stand I mean, up. It's and, not and, right. You know, everybody makes fun of me. They compare me to I want an equal Niro amount of blueberries, blueberries in each muffin. Exactly. It's true. It's true. Because, listen, I mean, people come from out of town looking specifically for that. Um, you know, not just cu- even manufacturers, guys like Mickey Peg, the first thing he wants when he gets here before a meeting, not a drink, you know, is that he, he's given it its own name that doesn't exist. The tiramisu cappuccino. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But listen, I just want to point out real quick because I've been looking at the comments. So Dan and his company, they p- provide the silicone. It looks like Jeff Dunlop has worked on the F-35. Dan Lemus's company was took part in the design wow. between smoking and McAuliffe. We may be able to build an F 35. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say <laughs> we can have a socialite one. We could cruise around. In. <laughs> That's great. Well, listen, we got a lot more coming up. That's a cue ball. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> we got a lot more coming up with Dan. After the break, we're going to talk about his full line of cigars, a very special event he's got coming up next week. And we're going to check out how Dan does at Name That Jam by Alba Cigars. Don't go anywhere. Keep it lit. The H. Upman 1844 Classic is a medium-bodied cigar with wonderful flavor notes of toasted almonds, cocoa, coffee, and just a hint of spice. Featuring an Ecuadorian Connecticut shade wrapper, you get wonderful aroma notes of sweet coffee and chocolate. Available in a Corona, Robusto, Toro, and Churchill, this is a great time to experience the nuances of nature with the H. Upman 1844 Classic, a shade above others. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Where are we again? We are deep in the Argentina Colqueque Desert Valley. It is so beautiful. It is. It's hard to believe that we're at an elevation of 8,000 feet. What's down there? That's the Mayoko River. It features a few acres of dark Mulbeck grapes. 
Wow. Wow is right. From those few acres, only 9,000 bottles of this amazing Malbec wine are made. How can people get it? They can go to kmawines.com and pick up a three-wine sampler that includes this Malbec for just $69 and 50% off shipping. That is awesome. We should head back down so we can order some right away. I'm not getting any reception. Sounds good to me. I'll race you back. Let me just tell you something. First off, I feel it, it was really crazy, but I barely got to speak to those two this weekend when they were here last week. I didn't even see them. He wasn't even very local. He's, so he's still dealing with a bad hoof. Yes. But yeah. let me just tell you yeah, something. He's got a busted wing. Kevin and Jess have put more effort into two commercials than I think Paul has put since we started this whole thing combined. <laughs> I put the deal together. <laughs> That's about it. Kevin, Jess, thank you so much. I, I, just to let you know, I told Paul to make sure that he gets you some wine from them and sends it over to you. He did. Yes, he did. yes we'll be we'll be in touch. Kev, Kevin, Kevin, actually Jess, Kevin and Jess make this, this is what fans they are of the show. They make that. Un, we don't ask them. No, he just right. sends it. They're like, yeah. we, we, they've we, done we, what, three now? Weekend. Kevin mentioned he, he gifted you a pretty cool book, Abe, that I might steal. I have it right here. I was a little busy this last month, but it's right here. Get ready to read it. Hold it up. Oh, yes. You know, Coop and Kevin both told me that I should read that book. Yeah. I, I wanna, I, I'm going to get it on Amazon. I want to read it. I haven't read. Very cool. I haven't, I haven't read a book that I held in my hand. Oh, I read a sci-fi one right when I moved to Florida, maybe in the first couple of years ago. I was still living Jesus. In. I was still living in 96. Uh, yeah, it's got to be ni within 96, 97, 97, 98. The latest is when I probably read a book that I actually held. Because um, after that, I just went to Audible. So now all of my books are done in the car while I'm driving. Um, but I'm actually going to enjoy putting a cocktail, sitting on the lanai, and actually doing a little old-fashioned reading. So thank you, Kevin. Jess, I appreciate it. Yeah, that's cool. So, Dan, McAuliffe Sports. How, what, Paul? Oh, Name That Jam? We have did a I segment. I did. Yeah. So, Dan, at the top of the hour, we have a great segment called Name That Jam, provided by Avo Cigars uh, and Eddie Guerra. Eddie Guerra wasn't there. You know, I'm going to bust his chops, too. Oh, that's true. <laughs> he should have been there last weekend. Um, so, we're going to play a little snippet of a song. We're going to see how you do, so let's get ready for Name That Jam by Avo Cigars. Sir, let's go. You know, I just got to say once again, this this making this segment is harder than it looks. You know, Alex and I have sat in the back room. That's too easy. That's too easy. That's too easy. And sometimes you think it's easy. It's not easy. But Alex actually did this one all by himself this week. So let's see how you do. Let's see if we can name this jam. I can play it again if you need it, Dan. But I feel like it's a pretty easy one. Play it again for me one time just to make sure I get it. All right. 
All right, one more. All right, I want you guys to know that I've got Shazam up, and I'm trying to. <laughs> yeah, not, long not, not long enough. Not long enough, but this it's is not long enough. Who is the Walrus? Right? Was it the Beatles? The the Walrus song. Are you reading that off yeah. of Shazam? No, I don't. I'm not reading it. Shazam didn't work. Here, give me the Shazam phone. <laughs> it's not long enough. We know, we tested it. The clip's not long yeah. enough. Well, well, let's see if he's right. Dan is right. We didn't get many man. we didn't get many hits right away in the comments, so that wasn't an easy one. Listen, I gotta tell you, when Alex played the clip for me, I, I knew the song right away. I had to sing it out. Right. That's what I was doing. To what was. <laughs> yeah. Very, very well done. Well, thank you for not picking something post two thousand, because I wouldn't have known it. <laughs> neither would we probably for most of that right. stuff. Maybe Alex right. would. But you have named you, Dan Thompson. You have successfully named that jam, and that'll be it for Name That Jam presented by Avo Cigars. Thank you to the five folks at Avo for our little entertainment at the top of hour two. Well, and I love Avo Cigars, so it's fantastic that they were the sponsor. Yes, sir. Now, that being said, let's get into the portfolio a little bit. How many different blends is McAuliffe? I think it's what, 15, 16? Yeah, we've got right at 15 blends. Yeah. Two, two lines, the old line, which has five cigars. Um, it's more of our value cigars. So tell, tell our fans what's the old line and what's the new line, because not everybody might be familiar. Yeah, with no, absolutely. Line. So out of our factory, we built what we call the legacy line. The legacy line is about 10 blends. And then we work with another group for the bold, and there's five blends there. And, you know, as we continue to grow and expand, we, we love what we're doing with the legacy line. That'll be the source of our inspiration out of our own factory forever. And, and, and the legacy line are which lines in particular, and what are the differentiations? What are the what's the differentiation between the, like your legacy lines? So, as an example, the Magdalia, the Leander, the Tosadoras, the Herentias, Connecticut, all of them that have these secondary blends, um, they come from our factory. We also have uh, products in the bold line. They're more after the, the tobacco that's involved. We we have five of those. They're the Maduro, the Matafina, the Lajero, the Sumatra, and the Nicaragua. And um, the bold is a little lower price cigar uh, across the board than most of our legacy cigars, uh, with, with the exception of, in legacy, we have the, the $4.5 Tosadoras, and then we have the McAuliffe A, which is about eight bucks. And the McAuliffe A is for our ambassadors that we love. They helped us name it. And uh, it's just a very important part of our business to have a cigar for the ambassadors. I want to talk a little bit about that because that's one of the things that sure. was very attractive to me when I saw you. I believe your program existed before our socialite group. Um, tell us what exactly is your ambassador program? Where does it exist? How can people find out about it? Yeah. You know, this is the McAuliffe A, just so that you can have a reference. Um, the McAuliffe Ambassador Program, one of the things that we wanted to do is we want to be directly connected to the consumers. We love our, our business partners in the brick and mortars. Um, however, 
as we build a brand, we knew it was going to be important for us to connect with the consumers, hear their direct feedback, and create an experience that they can enjoy. You know, and Abe, this is one, your, your group is the easiest people for me to explain it to. Your socialite community and our ambassador community are very similar. There's many people who are in both groups. They're loving, caring families. Um, from a business side, the ambassadors are like having, you know, 8,000 board of directors who provide you feedback. About 4,000 of them are in our Facebook group. And when you become a, a McAuliffe ambassador, we send you a coin and a certificate that's got a unique number on it so that it's a challenge coin and we can you know, identify and communicate with each other. Some people are offline people, some people are online, but it's really our source of feedback. And we do programming in terms of uh, content and events with that ambassador community. And the, the benefit that it's had in our business is that the ambassador community for many other smaller retailers has opened up a national sales channel for them. You know, I can use Big Boys as an example or Chrissy Critchfield in Kentucky. You know, she sells not only in her shop, but to ambassadors all over the country. And it's just been an amazing experience as we work with our business partners and the community and the ambassador community to, uh, to help build the McAuliffe brand and lifestyle. And all the, all, they just go on Facebook and they join the group? They go to our website and they fill out an ambassador form. That's how we know are able to get the shipping address to get them their coin and their certificate. And then they can, then they get an invite to the Facebook group. You know, it's one of those things It actually challenges our ability to grow on Facebook because we want them to properly enroll so that we can get the certificates to them and we can communicate with them outside of Facebook. And we chose that decision, even though it's a little slower because we wanted to have connection with the ambassadors and we never know if Facebook's going to do something funny and we uh, have to move to plan B. So right now, Facebook has been a great home for our community, but we certainly wanted to have that direct connection, which most manufacturers don't have or brands don't have with their customers. And the feedback that they provide us and our ability to uh, test blends, get real feedback. You know, we had a cigar in our lineup called the Promamente. It didn't sell real well. You know, there were some ambassadors who loved it, but as a whole, it was through conversations with them that we were able to shrink our portfolio a little because you're always wanting to stay focused. Um, you know, we, ha we have 46 different Vitolas that we sell. So, and you carry them all. And you, you were at the warehouse when the boxes came in the first time. For a young company, we have a very broad portfolio. And the ambassadors, they give us the feedback that we need to be able to do it. And, and out of that have come the friendships, much like the socialite community. Now, is there an expectation of an ambassador if, once someone becomes an ambassador? I, I kind of see three types of people who've developed. We believe in organic programs. And that means we trust people to be smart and let's see where it goes. We have some people who are offline in stores and they really enjoy the local events they go to. We have some people who are um, enjoy the online experience like your socialite community. I, I think you have 3,800 or so socialites. We have a similar number in the ambassador group. You know, most of those people just consume the content, you know, and they share the information about McAuliffe with their friends. And then there's a group of people that are kind of uh, more the more active core group of people who are very active in our conversations. You know, Bill White was the ambassador of the year last year, for example, and he hosts a show every week. And brings 
people to um, from outside of McAuliffe Cigars into the McAuliffe Ambassador Group where people can talk about their cigar brand. We're just, we, we love cigars and we want to make sure our ambassadors, you know, get to have access and conversations with people from all over the industry. Um, you know, and Alex has, Alex, can you show your coffee mug? I don't have one of those. Well, it's because your team took really good care of us, Abe. No, I, I always tell people take, take care, care of my more. team. I always tell people take care of my team before you take care of me. But what's special about that? So the ambassadors chose Larry Frank this year. And Larry came to us and said, I'd like for us to have a focus around some charity work. And Larry and one of his friends build these mugs and they sell them to the ambassadors. And it's all to raise money for the Shriners and their hospital. And so, you know, there's, it's not a corporate controlled group or organization. What we're looking for are our ambassadors to generate ideas and partnerships with us on where we want to grow as a community. That's awesome. Now, one of the and cool things. Sorry, I'm very go ahead. Lucky. Yeah, I'm very lucky. You know, I came from Microsoft and we use communities a lot in the software world. You know, you've heard the open source communities. Amanda McAuliffe, who's our, our marketing vice president, she was one of the most influential and uh, significant Snapchat and Instagram marketers in the world. And so having Amanda on the team and understanding how to work communities, it just changes the way you view business. And, you know, people have ratings for cigars and there's all these things you can do. But what we care about is, you know, what did Michael work us in Minnesota who, who cleans the airports of snow? He runs the crew up there. What was he willing to spend out of his pocket on McAuliffe cigars and what was his feedback? And that's what you get out of communities. It's a, it's an incredible relationship with your in, in customers who become your friends. I did not know that about Amanda McAuliffe. And I'm going to tell you something. I have, I'm looking for the folder here, but I have, you, you said Snapchat and Instagram, right? She, yeah. she was one of the most significant um, I, people would, behind the scenes. You would know her brands. You would I know her brand. Able, We've, I've talked to her about it. I haven't been able to break the ice to start learning and working Instagram. Maybe my age, whatever. My, weakest. I mean, even me, dude. And I'm not, you I know, can't do it. I, we bought a master class over a year ago that I was supposed to do, and I haven't done it yet. Maybe I should just fly to Texas and spend the weekend with Amanda. You can do that, or, or we want to come down, and we'll put it on the agenda together because we want everybody who's, who's close to us we want you guys to be great with these tools also. We are um, so Instagram weak because not only me, but nobody in my organization is even Instagram strong. And it's just something that we haven't learned how to communicate well with. We're going to fix that in the next 90 days. So just get I'm going to crash in that meeting, just so you know. Paul's crashing. Who invited you, Paul? I'm, Go I'm to crashing. Disney. He won't show up anyway. Yeah, he won't show up anyway. He knows even I will show up. <laughs> I won't be allowed to. So we're going to do a clinic together. There we, we go. I, we, I need it, Dan. That's one area I'm it. poorly, poorly versed in. When you, when you get Coop um, on the show today, we've been working with Coop in the background. And uh, you ask him if it's if it's been helpful and helped open his eyes. Now, you have a very special uh, event coming up with us. Well, before I even get into that, I want to talk. I, I started and I got sidetracked when I heard the whole Instagram thing. You had a program that you've been doing on your ambassador group which was pretty cool. And then you reached out to us and wanted to incorporate it just in our smoke and socialite group. And it's your passport program, which I thought was really cool. And if somebody's in both groups, they can actually participate 
both two 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 times, correct? Well, it's funny. We actually in the McAuliffe Ambassador Program, somebody won the passport last week, and they asked for a smoking gift certificate. So, Alex, that's coming your way. So that was out of our program. Wow. And in your program, we did a dedicated smoking passport, which everybody's getting in their boxes. You know, I loved on your shipping team for taking the time to do it because I know it's a pain in the ass to pack that passport. But the passport has each of the 15 blends. And what we ask is that you enjoy Macau cigars, put your bands in there with a couple notes, take pictures and post in the socialite community. And you're in a drawing. And today at uh, 30 minutes after the show, we're going to do a mega drawing because I was out for a couple weeks and we're going to get caught up with all the socialites. So we're giving smoke-in gift certificates in your program that range from $50 to $150, depending on how many you filled out. I've got so, my assistant you, you and Alex pretty much run this. You guys have done a great job of it. Um, so explain. So they, they, they collect the bands and they post them, and depending on how many of the 15 they claim, they're eligible for a prize every week? Well, we give prizes every week, unless I'm out. And then I have to do one catch up. We've, we, since we started it, we've learned sometimes I'm going to miss a week and I just have to catch up the next week. But you really but they, give away a prize for every week. We, there's a prize for every week and it ranges in $50 to $150, depending on if you had five, eight, or 12 bands in the passport. And I got to admit, people are kicking my ass right now. They're turning in full passports and we're giving a lot of $150 gift certificates and we love doing it. And, but you and, know, I, I just have to say this about the program, cool, and it's really a testament to Dan and and, and the team. And they'll say this openly. Um, you know, when they when a winner wins a gift certificate, you know, they don't make it that it's a gift certificate just to McAuliffe cigars. Dan will say it openly. Look, yes, of course, they'd love you to buy McAuliffe cigars. We'd love you to buy McAuliffe cigars. But uh, this is a gift certificate. Buy what you like. Buy some McAuliffe. Buy some other stuff. You know, it's it's just literally a testament to your customer base to say, hey, thank you, and 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 here's a gift, and there's no strings attached to it. So it's, it's really cool. You know, uh, you're, you're exactly right, Alex. We all like different cigars. <laughs> so we want them to find the McAuliffe cigars that they love, but, but you know, we smoke Saka cigars and Avo cigars. We smoke other brands because we love them. And, you know, we're running a special program with you at Smoke In because of the, of the partnership that we're building together. But, but I want to give you the insight in why McAuliffe Cigars is running it in the ambassador program. We spent some time the first two years in the industry. And we spent money on advertising and magazines. And what we learned is that's very expensive, but it doesn't help our friends who own the other brick and mortars. So we took our advertising money and we've turned it into this passport program because I don't want to spend it with a third party group. I want to be able to have it shared with my business partner. So it's kind of a three way win. It's good for Macau cigars. It's great for the for the end consumer who wins a prize. And it's unbelievable for that brick and mortar to be able to get an extra two hundred fifty dollars in their cash register so that, that they didn't expect. I don't know why you wouldn't want to spend your marketing that way on your business partners instead of outside sources. Absolutely. And I want to answer two people's questions before I go on the next one. One is someone mentioned they didn't get a passport in the great smoke package. When we have big <laughs> stuff like that, it typically doesn't go out. Um, they might have missed one. There was a lot of stuff during great smoke, but it does exist digitally where you can download it. Even if you don't, you'll, you'll get one in your next order, but 
if you don't I'll know post it, it in the socialites Abe, so that they have the digital download also yeah if you join smoking social and or 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 become a mccalf master it exists digitally you can download it and um when they enter they're in for the weekly drawing but then you do a mega one at the end of the year for anybody who's entered all year long is that correct yeah exactly so this year's grand prize in 2022 is going to be an expense-paid trip to the McAuliffe Open House at our distribution center. And we had our first open house last year. It's just a party where we get together with our ambassadors and we have a lot of fun. It's not a great smoke scale event. It's, it's pretty intimate for people who want to enjoy McAuliffe cigars. You know, Abe, as I learn about the great smoke, in future years, we may want to give away great smoke tickets. Um, there's a lot of things that we'll be able to do. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I'm, I would love to be there for this epic event, you know, get gathering you're going to have. Um, we'll hopefully have by Monday the TGS date for 2023 because it's become insane yeah. how much stuff we have to dodge now. Now I'm dodging TAA. Now I'm dodging uh, Pro Cigar Festival. Now we're dodging, we're, we're dodging um, TPE. It's, it, it's, it's nuts. So, um, Hopefully we'll have the date by next by next week. We'll put it out there, and we'll secure our 2023 date early. And I don't know if you know, but Chris Barnett, one of your socialites, he won the Smoke In Passport Grand Prize in 2021, and, and won a Winador, where he's stacking all of his great cigars. So we're having a lot of fun with it. Awesome! There he is. There he is. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Absolutely. Oh yeah, he's watching always. You know, I saw him have that socialite frame and i'm telling you man i'm i'm kind of upset because i really love that one it was very easy to recognize socialites on other pages when they post sure. but facebook took that away from us I'm, I'm gonna find a way to bypass that i may start a thing that if you send us your avatar we will send you the graphic with that implanted and you can just use that as your avatar once we get a graphic guy back please any one of them <laughs> oh yeah hold on <laughs> actually i could do that on myself on my phone that's easy i might take that burden sure. on myself i'm up late um, we got a special event next week that you and Alex are working on, and it's, 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 I think it's super cool. And for all you ladies out there who are sisters of the leaf, you should pay attention to this. Why don't you and Alex take the rain on this and talk about the upcoming event you guys are putting on next week? Hey, Alex, do you want to talk about what we're going to be hosting and talking about, and I'll talk about the product that's centered around? Sure, sure. So Thursday, March, is that March 10th, Thursday? You got it right. So Thursday, March 10th at 7 p.m., we will be hosting a live broadcast um, for the release of the Medallia Special Edition for 2022, which is centered around International Women's Day. And um, on this broadcast, we'll be hosting a a roundtable of some of the great women in the cigar community to get their perspective on the culture and um, I think I can throw a couple names out there at, at this point, but I know that we'll have uh, Amanda McAuliffe will be on, um, our dear friend Michelle Pauzer, Moxie, nice. and and I also got goes from Jessica Kevin's. I don't even know how you would uh, how do how do we title Jessica? I don't want to just call her Kevin's wife because the better half of cigar prop, <laughs> better half of cigar prop. Yes, there we go. And uh, also, Nicole from Smoking Tobacco will be joining us as well. So we got a pretty star-studded cast. That should be a great roundtable. 
that's a pretty and yeah, is Donna, Donna is will be joining us as well. She'll be Donna? joining from our McAuliffe headquarters. Nice. And Donna is an amazing woman who used to own a, a shooting range and has been smoking cigars way before it was cool for women. Smoking cigars so. and shooting guns. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's a lot of fun. So, Dan, go so, ahead and tell us about the cigar. I'm going to do an impersonation. When we visited Abe for the first time, we, we brought this box that was in blue. He would just kind of sit in his chair and he'd rub it and said, this is beautiful. <laughs> and, and we appreciated that compliment. And, and then the bad news was, well, we released it last year, but it's not available for purchasing. Um, Abe, I think you nearly threw me out of your office when, when you couldn't buy it right then. <laughs> I, you left me that box. I have it in the humidor bed here. So, so Abe, one of the things that's great about having a community like the Ambassadors, and now we're spending time with the socialites, is you learn what they love. And one of we talk about McAuliffe and our core investment is to be a brick-and-mortar only cigar. The second thing that we want to do is we want to continue growing the industry so that we all benefit. And one of the areas that's so under-visible is the role of women in the cigar industry. You know, when I look at my headcount of our factory in Esteli, we have more women than we have men. You know, we actually compiled a cigar journal that we wrote and published last year. That that journal has, I don't know if it's 200 women who are involved in the leadership or ownership of the brick and mortars that we do business with. And so we're really focused on that conversation about growing cigar smoking and enjoyment with women. But we wanted to do it in a way where we were just, it was a celebration. And so Magdalia, she is the matriarch of the Gomez Sanchez family. We asked her to build a cigar that really represented what she'd love. And that's the Magdalia cigar we're all smoking on the show today. But we took it a step further and we asked her, let's build a special edition. So I'm showing the, the Magdalia Special Edition. It's a 12-count box. They're 5 by 40. The name of that Vitola is a Landres, and most people aren't familiar with the Landres. But it's a, it's a wonderful format for enjoying a smoke. It's not too much. It's not too little. But we want to have something that, that's rich and, and not too full body, but it's complex that men and women would both love. And so last year, we, we launched this on International Women's Day, and I was just thrilled to watch as ambassadors incorporated into their lives. You know, and I got to see posts about, my daughter graduated from school, I'm enjoying a Magdalia SE, or my wife and I are smoking a Magdalia SE. And so, you know, the positive families, like an example of what we call our ambassador families, where husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, everybody enjoys cigars. And we just think that for the health of future of the industry, and what we want to do at McAuliffe is we want to grow men and women smoking cigars together. So I'll, I'll pause. How, how was that coverage, Abe? That sounds great. And, and the cigars are fantastic. On that Thursday night, we're going to have a, a, a roundtable discussion with the people that Alex mentioned. And we're, going to, we're just going to have a great time. And we're hoping that people are going to enjoy. Um, the other thing that was interesting about this cigar 
when we released it last year, it was at $12 a stick. And this year, this last year in 2022, uh, what year is it? And in 2021. Exactly. <laughs> we were able to build a million cigars in our factory. And what we're learning is the tobacco investments that we made three years ago, we were able to lower the price of this cigar. And so it'll retail for $10 a cigar. And we just think that it's incredible. It's celebrating women. It's a world-class cigar. And we were able to lower the price this year. And we hope you enjoy and love it as much as we do. I know they will. That was one of my favorite cigars you left me last time you were here. Yeah. Well, not last time, the first time you were here. <laughs> the packaging is gorgeous. It we, is sharp. It, it's the packaging that's the direction of the company for the future. Our legacy boxes will continue to be wood, but they'll have that white vista that's clearly McAuliffe cigars. And our special products will be in piano finishes like that. We, we have something that'll be out in September that's gonna be very special. Um, but we just want, from the moment you see the box, through smoking it, you know, be sure and check the backs of the rings. We like to leave special messages for consumers on the back of the ring. Um, we, we just love it. And we're grateful for everybody who, who chooses McAuliffe Cigars. Jeff Walsh, stop being a noob. You've been following us for years. The broadcast will be the same way every other broadcast we do is. <laughs> he's, he's, he's here all the time. He follows us all. He shares all our podcasts. It's going to be in the same places. It'll be on our smoking Facebook page, on our social life. And he's local, no less, too. We see and him. He's local. We see him all the time. <laughs> Good stuff. Let's see here. So that's this Tuesday well, that's night. Exciting. Yeah, this Thursday Tuesday night. night, seven seven p. It's Thursday night. Thursday, Thursday night. night, which means yes, I will be pushing the reveal. I'm double booked. I'll be pushing the Connoisseur Club reveal show back to nine p.m. on Thursday, mm. so we can do the event with McAuliffe at seven. So, Alex, so socialites have a night packed with stuff. Yes, I'll be here all night. Try the deal. <laughs> Try the deal. What's the what, what's what what's different about any other night? You just have to uh, cancel yeah. your chess. I your have chess to do work stuff tonight. instead of yeah, play chess. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, it's you know funny. You know he was at the Great Smoke last week. I think this year is the least amount I've ever talked to him. I talked to him for literally like twenty seconds uh, at the Great Smoke when he came in with Bear Depulsa. Depulsa. Me too, Depulsa. dude. I think Depulsa. I shook his hand, Depulsa. and that was the last time I saw him. I barely saw him. I, and I spent most of that time like making fun of Bear for not realizing his ticket wasn't like in his box like the day, the night before. Like, are you really messaging me the night before the event? I I, I need to, and I the wish, morning of. I wish message. See, there's a very great feature on a, a business page where you could turn your messenger on to put a message that auto spits out. Yes, you know, because we tell people don't don't leave your customer service stuff on our smoking messenger. Email us, call us, but we're not we're not going to be looking at Messenger for customer service. Um, it's a social media platform. We want to be social. That's it. I wish they would allow that feature on a personal one because I would totally shut it off like the two weeks before the Great Smoke. There's a program that you can do that with. No. With yeah, you have to pay for it, though, but yes. Worth every penny. <laughs> yeah. Worth, I don't even care how much it costs. It's an, you got, you got, it's an you got, autoresponder. You, but for, for a personal Facebook page? 
it it works on like a, a no, if you talking. have a if you have a celebrity page. No, I, I know because we've used it. I don't have a celebrity like a celebrity page. page, but it's not like a it's not like a business page. It's like a fan page that I know it works on. My personal page is not real personal. Yeah, I wish you would offer there. If anybody at Facebook's listening, somebody say something really like negative so they can tag it. But sorry. <laughs> maybe if Facebook listening, add that feature, man. It's needed. Uh, Amanda can show you how to do it. Who? Amanda who? will show you how to do it. Amanda I don't want to offer show people how to do something on something that doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the personal pages. I Googled it. I didn't. I don't think it's possible. All right. It's that time. I, there was a lot of news last week. It should be interesting. Let's see what the scoop with Coop is this week. Hey, yo, what's my theme music? The Scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. Coopa. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, hey. sir. Hey, how's it going? Dan, good to talk to you again. Yes, sir. Yep. When did you leave town? I didn't see you at anything post the event. Um, we were in Miami the weekend, so I did stop by Smoke Inn briefly on Monday uh, morning. I actually picked up some more cigars for the road if, if need be. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, but I did stop by. AJ saw me and took care of me on Monday. But yeah, we were down in Miami this for this weekend, and that was because I was coming back from Pro Cigar and. Well, that, was, oh, wait a minute. That in Miami is your favorite city in the world, too. As I well, it, it is, but um, in this case, I wasn't gonna. I didn't want to be bothered switching hotels or anything like that either. So, because I did fly back from the DR on Friday uh, to make the great smoke. Okay. Uh, I, I'm hoping Abe, that you guys can find a way to get two great events, uh, not to conflict with each other like they do every year. They, I heard but, they're already following us into March. So it, it's, it's Jesus. Are you kidding me? No, I, I, I well, heard. Look, can I, can I get like a, seriously, can we get like a forum and get this? Like, this is ridiculous. Every year these events conflict. Someone needs to start a committee between the, the TAA, IPCP, uh, not PCAs in summer, TAA, uh, TPE, Pro Cigar Festival, and the Great Smokes. So we can all coordinate, not to overlap. Yeah. yeah. And Abe, just, you know, I mean, Great Smoke is as, Big an event now. Like, it's a huge event. I mean, I put it at a scale. Pro Cigar is a big event, too. That These are two big events we're talking about here. It's not like you're a small event compared to Pro Cigar is what I'm saying. The, different, the difference between the two events is Pro Cigar is really not a consumer. How, how many consumers go down there? Is it a lot? You know, this came up. There isn't a ton of consumers that go down there. And it, yeah. if you are a consumer, it can be a little intimidating because I've made the comment at the white dinner. 85% of the tables are reserved for manufacturers. So unless you know someone, you're not sitting at one of these tables. You're sitting off on the side. It's, and always, that's been, it's, yeah. it's always been an industry event as far as I'm concerned. So it's not like I feel like, oh, they're competing events. They're just competing on people's time. But anyone can go. I mean, anyone can go and buy the ticket for Pro Cigar and, and who's a consumer and certainly go. They, yeah. You know, so uh, – but they're, diff they're totally different events. I think you, this one, you're right. This is more – it's on the factory end of things, uh, production, and the, you know here the the uh, great smokes on the other end. It's, it's it's the great smoke I'd say is geared for consumers. That's what it's for. Yeah, yeah, but uh, great. By the way, fantastic job. Um, 
enjoyed I mean, every year it gets better, Abe. How many years have you been coming now, Coop? This was my eighth one. So I missed one. I've missed one. But so yeah. did you ever see it in the parking lot? Mm, not the original parking lot when you had it in the back of West Palm yeah. Beach. I saw. Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. That was the parking yeah. lot. That's yeah, I the first the first two were in front of the store in the fountain, mm-hmm. the old West Palm store. Then in year three, we moved to the parking lot, and then for the next four or five years, we just kept acquiring more of that parking lot space right. and made it bigger until we finally moved to the German Cup. So you really have pretty much got the scene all the venues over the years. Yeah, I mean, and and this was even bigger. I mean, when, this was even this was definitely the biggest one for sure. I mean, you walked in it, and I know it was all under one roof, but it didn't matter. This was definitely the biggest one. Now, um, would you like me to tell you an interesting fact? Mm-hmm. Alex and I talked about this. He believed it. There were more ticket holders in 2020. Interesting. But that, yeah. but you had virtual this time, though, right? Still. There were more t- ticket holders live. We okay. would have had more live people, but we took a 200 allocation and moved it over to more virtual because right. it sold out so quickly. So there was probably 150 more, um, maybe 120 to 150 more live attendees in 2020. But between the two buildings and the and the 20-foot runway, 30-foot runway in between, it was spread out a little bit more. Right. Everybody year. doesn't feel as together. Yeah. But yeah. It, that's it just true. doesn't look as impressive. Um, right. But we could have we could have had way more people attended. We were literally held back by manufacturers this year and their inability because of the supply chain to get us cigars. Um, we, we, we are looking to expand it. We know how much more that hall could hold, and it's one of the things we're going to look at. Um, but I've seen so many comments about people who got to watch it and, and say, God, I got to make this next year. That, you know, every, in my opinion, every four or five years, three to five years, there's a pivotal point in this event. Mm-hmm. Um, last year was a historical pivotal point because it was unprecedented, but that opened the door to what happened this year. And this year, I, I, without, I without a doubt, think it's a major pivotal point. This event, it's been acknowledged. When Steve Sockus says something nice, you know there's merit yeah. to it. You yeah. know? Um, he you was know, in a delightful mood. mood. <laughs> Listen, you don't, you don't understand. First off, he hates these kind of events. I literally he got does, an argument yeah. one time because he was complaining in front of consumers about this kind of events. I told him, you're going to complain, just don't come. You know, So I understand that when he says something about it, he's been talking about all week, he was actually moved by it. And then when a guy like Steve goes out and says, and makes a post, that hands down, because this didn't weigh lightly on me. I, like, I couldn't believe he said it. I had to read it like three or four times, that this has become the best multi-vendor cigar event in the country, hands down, knowing that his other customers are going to read that, whose events they do. That's not a small statement to make, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I firmly believe, without a doubt now, it is the event, especially with the virtual and live aspect. And I think within the next two to three years, if, you know, it will, without a doubt, become the biggest cigar event in the country because I, I see us really end up using that uh, extra 35,000 square foot. That other bay that people don't know that's there. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I see yeah, us yeah. using that hall in the next, within, you know, hopefully two to three years. Abe, how did you feel the virtual piece went? Because I, I watched the virtual piece uh, when I got back home. And I thought it was fantastic, and it gave me – I heard you guys talking about this earlier. If you were at the event, you should watch that virtual piece because you're going to get a whole different perspective on it. And uh, I thought it was – I mean, I, like I said, very professionally done. Um, I just – I think Paul, Kim, and Michael did a great job. You know, that- well, Michael Herklotz, let me just tell you something. 
you know, we have always been friends. We've known each other for right. a very long time. We go way back. But this event has really, really bonded us and brought us together. You know, um, you know, we were, we started the digital experience right around the time he was announcing his newest venture in life. And it's great to be supportive of each other. But Michael, you know, was my first and, and, and most elemental pick when we did the digital experience. And in my opinion, he is the face of the Great Smoke virtual, you know, digital, you know, virtual experience. And, you know, you know, I kind of was hoping that he would have that mantle. Michael basically said, as long as you'll have me do it, I will always do this event. There he is. And um, I said, bro, it's your it's your job until you don't want it, until you tell me you're done doing it. And I hate saying I really, really hate saying nice things about Paul. It, 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 hurts me <laughs> it, it hurts me a little bit inside. I die a little when I have to, but Paul and Kim were all-stars. I mean, we knew Kim was an all-star from last no, year. Yeah. yeah, listen, I got to say, too, and, and I was kind of in the same area when Paul was going around showing the vendors, and, I mean, he was just on it, and the excitement was there, and it was like, you know, I yeah. mean, it, it, was, it was cool. Paul, Thank Paul you, but I'm just a fanboy. But it's not even that. See, it's all the small things. Paul was like a fish that was put back into water. Because when you make little comments to the cameraman, oh, follow me this way, if you will. You yeah. Know, that's all like professional yeah. reflex. Yeah. You know? and just, just so everybody knows, too, like we said, we're really short staff here. I mean, literally, I'm the web graphic and video department. But give us some time and we're going to get some great clips up of the interviews and everything that was going on in smaller segments in the virtual experience. So you guys can get a peek at that as well. So, so there's one funny thing with Paul, and I don't know if he knew this, right? So Kim oh, went to the Spearmint Rhino booth, right? And I guess she, I know. Talked, she talked. What was that game? They had that game? Plinko. 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 But Paul goes back there to get his segment in at the Spearmint Rhino <laughs> booth. I'm like, didn't they cover Spearmint? Kim already covered this, Paul. Like, so, I, I, Paul, I noticed how you kind of. You know, you, you got your little double dipping in there, you know? You know what's funny? You know what's funny? We, because we were, for the first time ever, I think uh, Abe was saying that we were running a little bit uh, fast. So we were filling in as we needed. And Kim so generously told me, she's like, you can go over the Spearmint Rhino booth. I was like, are you sure? Like, she's like, yeah, yeah, we'll get. But but at one point they needed uh, Kim to to get in there to fill some time. And she was right there, and the and it was hopping over there when she went over there. So she went over it and did it, and I did not hear it because I was. I actually think it was when I was talking to Saka because I told I told Abe, you know, I I know Saka pretty well now, and and a, you know, big fan of his, and we were we were just chatting, but he like Saka came up to me and grabbed me, and he's like, let me just tell you something, and I told Abe this because again, it means a lot coming from him right. because he'll be the first to go to Abe and be like, what the fuck is this, and he's like, this is awesome. He's like, this is amazing. Like, this is yeah. incredible. Right. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, Jesus, who? Hi, I'm Paul DeGracco. Who are you again? <laughs> you know, and I think that's when I was chatting with him. Uh, and I saw Pete from Tatuaje there who came up to me and, and chatted with me. I got to sit and talk to uh, Al McAuliffe before we yeah. went on the air and interviewed him, too. So I there were some times when I had to take the earpiece out of my ear because you're, you know, you're in the presence of, and, and I'm sure all of the socialites will say the same thing. Like you're in the presence of really like cigar royalty in that yeah. place, because it, there's one guy after another that's, you know, you're standing there talking to Al McAuliffe and then Nick Perdomo comes over to say hi to me. And, you know, it's just like, I don't know, being, being into this, this industry as I am now, after all these years, like 
I don't know. It, it was, it's amazing. It was, it was, I mean, it was cool to see Guy Fieri and everything. I, I, I love him. I really respect what he's done, especially during the pandemic and love the show. But like, I don't know, to be able to shake hands with, with guys like, you know, Nick and Al and Steve and, and, um, and Pete, Pete and, and everyone that was there. Yeah. Carlito said hi to me. Carlito asked me how my boys were. What we Bro. had him on the show once. He's like, "How are your boys?" Like, I, I don't know. It, to me, that it was just it was just awesome for me. That, uh, you know, I was like a, a fan kid there. You know, but it was it was fun. And yes, I know we did. I realized after I did the Spearmint Rhino booth that we <laughs> that we did double. Up. Fun. I thought it was funny though. Yo, you, you mentioned Carlito, by the way. Uh, what a job Carlito did. Um, he I I knew he was flying into supply, surprise Abe. Um, I don't know if the surprise was kept or not, but but Carlito told me not to say anything because I was with him in the DR. And Carlito was at that Fuente booth um, till after the people were being shuffled out when the, the event was over. I, I can say it now. It wasn't kept, and thank God. Okay. Yeah. It's live TV, folks. <laughs> right, right, it right. Live TV. Let me, let me tell you something. Surprises. Usually Abe finds out about surprises. But, That's a, why a I kind of – A testament to Carlito. A testament to Carlito. Um, Alan Goldfarb literally had to peel him away from the booth to get him on stage because Carlito just yeah. didn't want to give fans the disappointment of having yeah. to come back or wait. He would have stood there and talked. And, and when he was done, when he was done with the interview, right he needed to get him. Sure he got who we missed. Yes. And when he was yeah. done with the interview, I said to Alan, I was like, listen, we got people here. Like, do you need help by getting him out of here? There was a line of people to meet with him. And Alan's like, I don't know. I, you know, I need him back there and this and that. And I just like went up to Carlito. I said, hello. And I was like, hey, if you if you need me to make an excuse for you to get out of here. And he goes, no, no, no. He's like, I'm going to say hi to all these people, take pictures. And then I'm going over to Roger because I need to see Abe's father. I know I see him sitting over there and I need to go say hello to him and sit down and, and talk to him. And he did just that. He sat with every single person that came up to him. And then he walked over and he sat down next to Abe's dad and chatted with him for a little while. They bought, they bought so a testament to him. They bonded during the digital experience last year. He really, he really yeah, wanted to catch up. Yeah. But you know, I, you know, I got to tell you because you know he, he did that awesome surprise of sending us to ten Opus boxes for last year, right? Which then we had to figure out how to give away. So right. our timeline, and Alex will tell you, is down to the second when when we make the timeline for the broadcast. I mean, we have buffers, we have pillows, but you know, my my dedicated time to explain that segment and how people could win a chance and if you don't know or you haven't caught it if you were an event holder a ticket holder for the great smoke whether it was virtual or live all and you're interested i only have 10 boxes if you're interested in an opportunity to buy one of those tens at the same price it sold last year i think it was what 400 bucks um you just go to the tgs store which you all have access to by being ticket holders and there's a submission form Enter your information. We're going to do a live drawing in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, I can schedule to maybe get Carlito on it. And we're going to pick the 10 lucky people who get a chance to buy that box. But I only had two minutes slotted for that. Now, you know, if you're taking the stage with Carlito Fuente, that's not happening. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, that's why you got to know these things. So I literally sat with the producer and the, the crew, Monty and, and Stoner. And we looked, look, this could, this could end up being like a 10 or 12 minute segment. So, and we started mapping out. You know, if he showed up, because I didn't know for sure. I just heard. But we started mapping out. Like, I, I can tell you right now, I don't even remember what it was. But segment 41, we said, look, we can cut this segment all out completely. If we need to make up time, we could shave two minutes from here, two minutes here. So we already had a plan implemented, knowing that he may show up. But that's why, you know, surprise during live television is not good. Yeah, no, I could, I could appreciate that as well. 
No. Um, I also I also just got to make a comment. Uh, Dan and I met in person for the first time, wow. and like over the past two years, Dan and I have talked a lot. We've had a lot of Zoom calls. I felt like I know him, but we never actually had been in the same face to face. So that was really cool to meet Dan and also Amanda. I had not met either, so that was a lot of that. You know, that's that's what an event like this does. Absolutely. Well, Coop, we still find you uh, intimidating media powerhouse. And uh, when we met you in person, you just towered above us. So thank you. Yeah. Well, I know, I know we're doing things right when everybody's dubbing this event the annual family reunion. Yep. Right. That's, that's, and, and that wasn't us who made up that comment. I, I don't know. I can't remember who it was, but I saw it all out there that the gray smoke has like become the consumer family reunion of the industry, which is means we're doing it right. So absolutely, well, yeah. I mean, even like a lot of our media guys, I mean, we hadn't really some of us, we, I hadn't seen since in a couple of years because some weren't at PCA. So I didn't get was, a chance to talk to bear. It was his first time. What did he think? Oh, he loved it. He loved it. I know we're going to be talking about it on our show Tuesday, but he was blown away by the experience as well. So, um, you know, he was he was thrilled. Yeah, there was a little snafu with his uh with his ticket. I go to him in the morning. I say, hey, just make sure you got your ticket on your phone. He's like, what ticket? I said, the ticket that Abe sent you. Abe didn't send me a ticket. Luckily, I checked my phone right before we went live. So we just started calling everybody. Like and Dan, we called Dan. Even we're calling everybody. And and look, you guys took care of it for him. And and uh, he felt bad. He felt very bad on the whole thing too. Oh, I couldn't miss an opportunity to bust his chops. Oh, I said, I said to him when we're in the car. I said, Bear, the luck is coming from Abe. Just, just be ready. (laughs) (laughs) It's literally what I did the first second I saw him. Oh yeah, there was a great media. There was a great media presence there too. I mean, the the guys from Dojo was there. Um, uh, Eric was there, obviously, and and uh, was it is it Randy that we met R- from the tasting? Randy, Randy wrote a nice article and I'm, did a nice yeah. video feature presentation. Yeah, I met him for the first time. Out. It was really cool. He, he left. He left you out of the first article, Paul. I had to. He did. He did. He did. I had to did, put you. Yeah, oh, and he interviewed me. Uh, Let's not forget our guys. How about that cigar crew was there? Yeah, Eric Robinson's yep. my it new was great guy. To see those guys. Another guy's first time yeah. experience. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, a lot of us, those guys, we're all really close and everything. We help each other out all the time. They're just, they're just, these are really good guys who were there. Um, you know, like I said, Eric, I met Eric at the Matt Booth, the first big delicious event. Yeah. That's where I met Eric for the first time. So, I mean, that's going back nine years already. So, you know, it's, uh, and I met him at, the, at a great smoke. Yep. All wow. right, cool. Let's see what what's going. Coop, there's a lot of stuff going on this week. I don't know what you're going to talk about. Let, let's let's roll with it. See what you got. Okay. Oh, he had to take a drink. Oh, I didn't know. I thought that was. I thought my music was going. Okay. Um, do you want to talk about the news that I covered or the news that someone else covered? Because we could you do can either talk one. About, oh. this, is, this is your show, buddy. This is your okay. segment. You can talk about whatever you want. All right. Whatever you want. So, all right. I think. I think you know. We've been talking a lot. I think we got to put the elephant in the room here. The whole concept of responsible marketing, I think, is becoming one of the biggest stories this year. And if folks aren't familiar with responsible marketing, it is um, basically what what we're trying to do is we're trying to make sure that these products are not marketed to kids. Um, Charlie Minato at Half Wheel did a very good article, really kind of breaking this down, really kind of holding a lot of people in the industry uh, feet to the fire on this. Um, A lot of that was triggered by... An announcement of a flavored line of cigars from uh, JSK Cigars, which I believe he's coming on the show in a couple of weeks. Yes, he is. Um, 
I'll be honest. Tommy was impeccable. Yeah. Uh, oh, I think it was deliberate. Um, no, it wasn't. It honestly uh, wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I know the project was in the works. But... I know, but just so you know. Oh, the KMA because... guest, no. Yeah, so just, the KMA... just so you know, it wasn't deliberate on our end because I knew going into the Great Smoke, we would... you know, Paul doesn't do any real work, so I actually now go out and field all <laughs> right. the guests. So no, we I had a meeting and we listed people that hadn't been on in a while. Yeah, we, we I, I asked for a bunch. Of, they all gave me names and I lined up. Asked Dan, I, he was one of them. I lined up a whole bunch of people the week before the Great Smoke, just to give me two months out, so I didn't have to get it. So I booked him and contacted him right. without knowing what he was coming out or doing. It it just happened by an accident. Yeah, so that you know that actually the interesting thing is that that press release broke during the Great Smoke. Like, I actually saw the thing come on my phone late afternoon sometime, and I'm like, you know, so I kind of, so what happened is that wrist day story, some of the media guys uh, who weren't at the Great Smoke had that story up by Saturday afternoon. No one said a word about this, this press release until Charlie's article hit on Tuesday morning. So this thing was out there for almost 72 hours. No one said anything. Charlie's article brought all the attention to this thing um, to, to risk day right now. So I, I kind of thought that was interesting. And it wasn't like small guys were putting up these these press releases. There were other guys putting out there. No one said a word until Charlie's article came out. Some of the responses I, I find very, very interesting. You know, I think um, I think there's confusion as to what the real problem is. And I think there are, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my personal take, I think there's a lot of guys who are not not really in this industry but they sell cigars um and you know to be in this industry what i consider if you're in this industry is that you understand the fundamental aspects of the industry you know if you're just out there building your own brand doing your own stick cultivating your own groups and you're not really understanding it um you're not part of it and i think that's where a lot of problem comes because you know, I, I see the arguments from guys who think that the FDA problem doesn't really exist. Yeah, it exists. Yeah. Okay? It's a big problem. It's been going on from before many of these guys have been in this industry. Um, and I think they argue um, that, you know, they're not marketing the kids because kids aren't exposed to it. And I, Kevin Shan said it best right here in the, in the chat. It doesn't matter whether it's being marketed to kids or kids have access to it. You're fighting a fundamental organization that has great power over what we do. And it's only how, not only if they perceive it, but how they can make it look to achieve whatever end goals they want. And I don't think some of these arguments that I've seen um, posted, I, I think just, just coming from a place of, not truly understanding the big picture of stuff like this. Yeah, no, it's a good point, Abe. I, I would agree with you on that. You know, and I've heard a lot of this say, well, you know, tobacconists, we have controls in place for for kids to purchase these cigars, right? So the kids can't purchase these cigars, I say. You know, you have these tobacco 21, is age verifications and all this stuff. I don't think the FDA is concerned on that. I think the FDA is looking at consumption. And they're under the impression, okay, and I'm, that – that there are under 21 kids smoking premium cigars. Which they are not. And which they are not. We know they're not. But in this industry or in retail, you got brick and and mortar stores. And and, and the majority of these guys who, see, here's the other argument too. The majority of these guys, 
there's only a handful who are creating these kind of controversial brands that you know wherever they come from um they're not really they don't have retail they're shipping memberships and subscriptions to people they really don't know whether they are or not but anybody with retail operation will tell you kids aren't we're not fighting to fend kids off from coming into our retail stores no 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 it's not that's not the case at all nor is like i said um is a kid like going and smoking uh you know a candy bar cigar or something like that like but the problem is like fda will see these photos on social media and stuff like that and they have an agenda against the tobacco industry. So what the happening is this is ammo you're just giving them right now. On authority, by the way, they already they have a lot of authority already. I'm not saying they have authority to ban foot waivers, but they have a lot of authority, and you're just you're just putting the gun in their hand right now. So um, I, I just think there's there's a place where you could there's a place, there's a happy medium I think on some of this. So some of the, like I saw a cigar this week come out that looked like a Snickers bar. I mean, what what are you guys doing after so, all this stuff? What are you guys doing? There's 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 just one thing I I wish Charlie would have did differently in that article. Um not that he purposely pointed out one brand even though right. it was the brand being released, but in doing that, I don't think it was an intentional, but what happened was a lot of Risty's fans, rather than reading the article for what it was, right, took it as an attack and went immediately into defense mode of Risty, rather than looking at the full article for what it was and the point they were trying to get across. Yeah, and they never even bothered to actually read through the article and and what the issue was, and immediately went to defense of a particular person. But but, but the difference here too is look, I mean. That was Risty's fans, and we all know consumers are misdirected a lot of times or don't see what's going on on a whole level or don't understand the full picture. But you got other guys who are rallying the universe, like, you know, like and, and, and propagating the problem, creating a right. extremely false pretense to consumers who really don't understand what's going on here. Because at the end of the day, it's me being part of it. You know, you want to talk about the cigar community and you want to talk about what you're doing in it. Me being as involved as I've been for 25 years, whether it's through the you know, PCA, whether it's through boards, whether it's through CRA, all right, I care about this industry. When you care about this industry, you can't ignore a problem or act like it doesn't exist or make up stories and complete and utter nonsense about it. So I mean, here's a perfect example, right? You know, we used to have, um, and a lot of our longtime fans will know this, you know, hot weekly deals every Friday. And we themed them. You know, I remember this. we would theme them and one year because it's fall, you know, you run out of content. You're doing this every week. And, you know, we did a Literally. back to school special. So they did a mock up of my head as a kid coming off a school bus. And this e-blast went out and my phone blew up. Right. My intention is not marketing to kids. You know, I didn't even think about that. This email is going out to all our people who have subscribed to our emails who are adults and consumers. We immediately took it down because my intention didn't make a difference. You know, what I thought didn't make a difference. What I understood as an intelligent and rational and smart human being is this is bad and it can be used against us. And it can be used as a prime example of a problem that's, that will negatively impact this industry. And what what's the big deal? You just take an email down, you know? But it's when people start making false pretenses, videos, rallying, movies, all on all on ignorance. And, and, and unfortunately, 
reaching out to large groups of consumers who aren't new and don't really understand, you know, because if you think this community and what we do in this lifestyle that I call lifestyle is about smoking something with a cartoon character on it because you think that's cool or whatever else is going on, I, I don't think they, they've really gotten into this culture yet. They're on the fringe and they haven't really understood it. And, and that's my concern because I I believe, my personal level, Dan, you can jump in anytime you want. It looks like we're going to go long today because this is a topic. But it's a real problem. Yeah. This is not a fake problem. You know, Abe, I, we come from other regulated industries. And the reality is, if there's a perception, when you have to sit down in deposition opposite of the government, and they show you all the exhibits, even though they're one hundredth of a thousand percent, you know, just the smallest percent of the trade sales that broke the rules, everybody's going to pay. And we need to be responsible. We, we understand where the FDA is going. We have to we have to work with them. You know, it's not about is it fair? It's real. And we have to manage those perceptions, and take the proper steps as responsible adults in the business world. You can't steal intellectual property can't use kid branding for cigars. It's just what it is. Bear, I'm going to take it one level further on your comment there. Okay, because this is where I, I think you're even falling short. They do not want to eradicate all tobacco. That's the perception I believe they want people to believe. Okay, because tobacco makes too much money for the government. What they want is the perception that they're willing to eradicate all tobacco so they can keep regulating and charging and user fees so that eventually your $5 cigar is going to be a $15 cigar. That's what they want ultimately because the government has learned a long time ago, no matter what a price of cigarette pack of cigarettes is or what a cigar is, those people that want to consume those products will continue to pay for it and they are abusing it on purpose. That's how I look at it. And, and Abe, the world's not fair, right? It sucks for us in the tobacco premium cigar industry, but that's just our reality, you know? Yeah, and, and you know, the other thing, you know, the, that point, I think Charlie mentioned this in his article, because everyone immediately wants to compare, well, why is this industry, uh, why could they do it and we can't? It's Charlie pointed out, different regulations, different industry. That's just, that's it's bad. not a one-size-fits-all here. And that's, unfortunately, we, we may think it sucks, but that's the reality. All right, what else you got going on this week, Coop? Um, I mean, that, the other big news, I mean, that I'll just say is uh, Tony Bellato, um, who a lot of people know from La Barba Cigars. He's starting another company called Bellato Premium Cigars. I think a little of the rationale with that is he's doing a venture with his uh, father. So he's bringing his father into the business. And I think La Barba, he already has a different partner. But I'm going to be talking to Tony on Thursday on primetime. Uh, we'll have him on, and we'll get the scoop on that. But uh, that that made some news this week uh, with Tony's new venture. Daniel Lemus. I just want to address Daniel Lemus' comment. Dan, if you haven't figured it out now, no matter what the problem is, it always comes down to dollars. I don't care if it's COVID. I don't care if it's vaccine. I don't care if it's liquor. The premium cigar industry has no money compared to the other segments of this industry, None. especially not alcohol. We are We are poor. We are, you know, uh, in comparison, like, you know, homeless, sheltered people, when you compare these other industries, follow the dollars. Yeah, the lobbyists in the, in the, the lobbyists in the liquor industry are insane. They got bubblegum tobacco, uh, bubblegum liquor. 
I mean, whipped cream. It, it, it's it's delicious. Yeah, Birthday it's not whipped about, cream it's not vodka about is delicious. Regulation is not about right or wrong. It comes down to always about money. Money. A money and what the politicians think is popular and just want to prosecute. Yeah, whatever will get them to win. And politicians election. are about money. Yeah, which to win an election, guess what you need? Money. And somebody yep. to slap. You did that. Yep, you did it. All right, Coop, what else we got going on? Sorry to oh, no, that's it for this. Those are the big topics. Obviously, we talked about uh, Great Smoke, Pro Cigar. So um, we should start seeing uh, some stuff happening as, as we get into the spring now. I thought you were talking about Fred Ruiz's new position. Oh, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, well, no, you that happened the week. That. That's your segment. That was uh, no, no, I didn't. Well, uh, that's because we missed a week, actually. So, yeah, Fred Rui um, has taken a job. It, this was not really a big surprise because um, Fred Rui took a job with Illusioni Cigars. And if you've been to the last couple of PCA trade shows, uh, Fred Rui has been working in the Illusioni booth. So this is kind of a job I think he's been jockeying for right now. And uh, Fred's a marketing guy, and that's what he's going to be focusing on in his role at Illusioni is, is marketing. Um, so, you know, he's, he's that's why Fred built his uh, built himself up before he got in the cigar industry. He had he has a very successful marketing company, and uh, I think it's a good move for him. I think it's a good face. To have out uh, representing the brand because Fred's very popular. So um, yeah, um, that that actually broke up last Friday when I was on the plane coming back uh, to Miami. Well, good luck to our dear friend Brian Matolo, yeah. who now is, I believe, started involved. Ca I'm sorry, with uh, Cavalier. Brian went yeah. to yes, yeah. he's started a factory with the guys oh. over at. Cavalier. Great guy. I met him. I met him actually for the first time on this trip, uh, and. He's a he's a sharp guy, uh, and I think I think he's exactly what uh, Sebastian needed from Cavalier. Well, good stuff. Well, we are coming to the end of our show this Saturday. We went a little long. We had a lot to talk about. We hope we entertained you, educated you, made you laugh, and thank you for spending a couple hours of your Saturday morning with us. Game A, the best way to start every Saturday. Uh, next week, we have the man himself, Doctor Gabby Caffey of nineteen. 01 Cigars and part of the Premium Boutique Cigar Association who made their own statement about some of the news this week. Should be interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll see what he has to say about Get it. Get in early for that one. Dan, thank you. Yeah, it's going to be kind of interesting couple of weeks with our guests. So, Dan, thank you so much for taking time out of your Saturday morning. Give our regards to Amanda and Al and everybody at the whole team. Coop, once again, thank you for your Th contribution. Thank you, guys. Everybody out thank there, you. have a great weekend. Until next week, keep it lit. <laughs>